it's time now for our monthly check-in of interesting books, articles, podcasts and viewing delights curated by two guests who this week are Dr Jessica Collins, Research Fellow in the Pacific Islands Program at the Lowy Institute. Good morning to you, Jessica. Thanks for having me. And Mark Mullen, World Editor at the Australian Financial Review. Hello, Mark. Uh, Good morning. Jessica, if we can start with you, what's on your bedside table at the moment? What are you reading um, when you are either having a cuppa or popping off to sleep or even in the bath? Who knows? (laughs) Sure. I've been reading Gordon Peake. It's uh, Beloved Land, Stories, Struggles and Secrets from Timor Lest. Uh, It was written back in 2013. And I just think it's such a fabulous book. It's it's one of those rare books. I I don't think I've ever um, had this in a book where... Uh, I've read, you know, a couple of pages and I've gone back to read it again because I just wanted to absorb more of it. You know, there are books where you can speed through and try and just get, you know, the sort of surface of it. But this book, I just really want to grab everything on it. Um, It's about uh, his time. Gordon Peake is an international relations scholar. Uh, He was doing some peacekeeping research in Timor-Leste. He was only supposed to be there for a couple of months. He ended up loving the place so much that he stayed for about four years. Uh, He married one of the local women there um, and This is the book that sort of portrays his time, his understanding there. And it's just fabulous. It traces through the sort of historical narrative of the Portuguese colonisation and then goes through um, the really interesting, um, complex web of relationships that help design and form um, the new modern state of Timor-Leste. So I can highly recommend this book. Mm. And do you think you were drawn to it particularly because we don't hear so much about Timor-Leste in terms of foreign (laughs) policy conversations as much as, say, other regions? Absolutely. This is exactly why I read this book. I just wanted to understand more about it. Um, you know, the, the, in, from a foreign policy perspective, um, the, the, the uh, problem for Timor-Leste is that it sits astride the Pacific and Southeast Asia. So it sort of sits in this grey area where it's a little bit hard to categorise. And so I think that might contribute to um, the, the the problem of, um, you know, the, uh, that it's not so much in the uh, national debate or in, um, in the uh, foreign policy um, debate either. So, look, it's a really important uh, country to Australia. Um, we have had a lot um, uh, we've given a lot in terms of our aid to uh, Timor-Leste, but I think it needs to come to the conversation more. It's a really important country. Um, and, you know, one of, these, one of the things about uh, Timor-Leste, which I found really interesting about this book, is that it is built, and this is much the same across Melanesia and, and Pacific Islands in general, is that it is built on a complex web of relationships. And so a lot of the characters um, that... Uh, or the people uh, that help build the nation, um, you know, through um, its process of really long process of independence are still around today in the political scene. And so if you really want to understand Timor Leste, you've got to understand the people that are behind it. Mm. And I think this book really pays tribute to that. Mm. Mark Mulligan, I think you're being a little bit greedy with your books this week because you've got (laughs) two on the go at the moment. Uh, Barbarian Days by William Finnegan. It's a... Well, I think it would probably be naive to say it's a coming-of-age surfing story. It's much more than that. It's a lot more than that. And um, I was talking to someone about this book um, because, uh, well, well, first I came to it late. Apparently he won the Pulitzer Prize for Autobiography in 2015, 2016. Um, Don't quote me. And I've I've gone around and told people I've just finally found this book 
um, about surfing, ostensibly. I mean, it's about a lot more than that. About It's about this, the amazing life of William Finnegan, who just happens to be a beautiful writer, uh, regardless of his subject matter. And uh, everyone's saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, that was a big that was a big deal back back then." Um, anyway, I came to it late. Uh, it was recommended to me. You know, I downloaded it, and I, I couldn't put it down. But I always find with um, books that I, I really love and and and, and are devouring that I get to a point where I don't want it to end. So uh, I'm a little bit more um, sparse with my reading, and I'll just read a couple of pages each evening so that I can prolong the joy of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, what what this book does, um, and it's the sort of writing that I most love, and, and I have a stab at my myself every now and then when I get the chance, is something that, that weaves together great passions while telling a story. So in, in this case, it's 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 really about surfing, but it's more than just about his own surfing adventures and his own travels around the world, his own pioneering. Uh, when it comes to surfing, he was, he was you know, one of the early surfers in some of the, the more far, further flung um, Pacific Islands. Same with Madeira um, off the coast of Africa, which is, again, talking about Portuguese, uh, it's not a colony, it's part of Portugal. Um, and um, so through that, you see his travels, you see his relationships with different people, with his own family with his own, and the, the various partners. But what really, uh, what's made an impression on me with this book is the, just his description of sitting out there, and this is something that I've, like, I've experienced, obviously not at his mm. level because he is quite an accomplished um, surfer, sitting out there and working out what the next wave's going to do mm. or studying maps and working out when the next swell's going to hit, how it's going to hit, the angles, the science, the seafloor, how that's going to influence the next wave. Mm. Um, so, so a friend of mine, when I, as I said, I was ranting about this book, and I'm doing that right now. But um, <laughs> he, he, she said, "Oh yes, he's the first person to intellectualise surfing." Oh, there you I go. I think that's a fair enough description. Yeah, uh, and well, so it sounds like you don't necessarily have to be a surfer really no way, to enjoy no. it. But what about um, what about your second book? It couldn't be in more contrast, <laughs> really. <laughs> well, this is another one of my my. my my reading, I, I don't have a pattern when it comes to reading. It's either I'm, I'm wandering around at the office and I'll just grab whatever I, I see and say, oh, this looks interesting, and then I'll, I'll either be disappointed or engaged enough to continue. Um, or I set out and, and I look for books that uh, people have talked about. In this case, um, it's uh, it's Aaron Patrick, uh, who's a colleague, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he's, he's, he's a perfect writer, uh, but, but a journalist, and, and he writes quite a lot about politics. And his latest iteration is Ego, Malcolm Turnbull and the Liberal Party's Civil War. Um, so, yeah, a very different book. Um, and I suppose it's, it's the hypothesis, and I believe he wrote it um, during lockdown so he didn't go crazy. Um, and um, he, he, the hypothesis is that... Um, that Malcolm Turnbull, Malcolm Turnbull uh, disagrees with this, obviously, that Malcolm Turnbull sort of deliberately set out to undermine mm. um, Scott Morrison's uh, mandate, his, his term as uh, Prime Minister of mm. Australia, mm. because he was so peeved at the way that he'd uh, won this miracle election in, mm. uh, in 2019, where, which he wasn't supposed to win. Um, and uh, it's the clash of two very different personalities, if you like. Um, uh, Malcolm Turnbull, a man of the world, erudite, um, very sort of clear-spoken and, and high-minded, uh, and whereas Scott Morrison's more of sort of a man of the people, a man of the, the suburbs, and um, it's just the, the clash of these two uh, mm. 
individuals and how um, uh, Turnbull, mm-hmm. sorry, um, um, how um, yeah, Malcolm Turnbull set out to actually undermine Scott Morrison's time and time in office from the sidelines, if you like, sniping yeah, and, and the role of social media in that. Oh, that's it. Uh, that's an inter- really interesting yeah. facet to it as well. Yeah. Um, Jessica, Pacific Wayfinder, if we can move along now to podcasts, tell me about that. Sure. So Pacific Wayfinder is um, uh, is, uh, run by the Australia Pacific Security College and it's focused on security issues in the Pacific, um, but it's broader than just hard security issues. So it covers gender, health security, climate change, uh, social media and so on. So um, I really loved um, this series, um, but there are a couple in there that really stuck out to me. And the, the first, it was a crypto and blockchain in the Pacific um, series, there were two of them, um, and Ben Bohane talked with uh, Tongan politician Lord Fusatua and Josh Hallwright, who's from Oxfam, and they talked about um, uh, cryptocurrency in the Pacific. And, you know, again, this is something that isn't discussed here in Australia, that, you know, cryptocurrency <clears throat> is something that's um, becoming a very real reality across the Pacific. Palau uh, just... Um, introduced a US-backed digital currency or plans to bring in US-backed digital currency. Um, And Tonga is very seriously considering uh, bringing in Bitcoin as legal tender. Mm. Um, We know El Salvador did that almost a year ago now. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, this has very real security implications. um, And according to Lord Fusatua, it has uh, civil rights implications as well. Um, The reason they're going down the the path of Bitcoin is because it's not lockable and it's not traceable. So then, you know, it really respects the civil rights of uh, people in Tonga. Um, They've had uh, they've had a lot of support from people in the parliament. Um, I think nine lords will vote as a block on this, and I think he's got the support of that. There's another two MPs that um, that are supportive of it too, and they just need uh, one more to be able to get this passed. So mm. this is a very real reality, um, mm. and they see this as a, a way to be able to bring more money into the households um, uh, of the households that are particularly doing it tough during the um, economic recession that was caused by the pandemic. Yeah, it's an interesting one, interesting one the cryptos, isn't it? I mean, it's seen by some as an inflation hedge, um, but it's also fallen 70% from its highs. So anyway, that's a that's a watch this space, I yes, think. Um, speaking of watching, Mark, you've just finished viewing Pistol, which is a six-part series <laughs> that follows Sex Pistols guitarist Steve Jones. Tell us a bit about that. And for the uninitiated, what should they expect from the Sex Pistols? um, um, I haven't finished watching it. In fact, I'm just up to the third. um, uh, Yeah, I'm up to the third episode. So the first episode does focus on Steve Jones. Um, I've forgotten his name now. I shouldn't have. The the guy who uh, directed and wrote and directed um, uh, Transporting. Uh, Anyway, it's the same. um, Yeah, sorry. Uh, It's escaped me Saturday morning. But... um, he, uh, yeah, so it's an interesting look. Uh, my partner's very critical of it. She's a music writer, but um, that it's it's sort of a bit too stylized, a bit too Danny Boyle. Mm. Danny Boyle, mm. thank you mm. very much. Thank mm. you. Um, and but it's it's rather than just being a, a documentary about how the Sex Pistols were formed and and how they sort of conquered the well, they, they they changed the face of music very quickly and they had run-ins with the record companies and all the rest of it, all the well-documented stuff. They try and take a, 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 a more, a, a sort of, not an abstract view, but a little more an oblique view and they focus on individuals within the band and, and they're a little bit um, liberal with the, the actual facts, I think. 
Um, and uh, so they develop these characters and some of the characters around them. But it starts with Steve Jones. We've now moved on to Johnny Rotten, Johnny Lydon, and um, uh, and just the way his character develops and how the 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 the, the band develops and the music develops and, and, and the following starts to grow and, and their impact on the, the or, or, or the way the band itself is a byproduct of what was going on in Britain at the times. Mm. Um, it's interesting seeing what's going on in Britain at the moment. Uh, mm. the, 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 you, you could maybe draw a few parallels. Mm. Um, but I like it. Uh, other people are critical because it looks a bit like Hollywood or it looks a bit like, um, you know, it's, it's too glamorous for, for a period which was actually quite a, a bit dark and a bit sort of grungy. Mm. Um, uh, but I quite like it because of the, the, the way the characters are developed mm. in it. And, mm. and again, there is a, a little bit of, uh, there's quite a lot of leeway there with the, what actually happened. Yeah. But the, the, the thread of truth is there. And, um, and and also the way the, the music sort of developed. Yeah, oh, it sounds it sounds fascinating, Jessica. We've yeah. just got a minute to go. I, if you can just let me know what you've been watching, even though you're about two years behind the behind the times, I think. <laughs> I am, but I've got four children, so my opportunities <laughs> to watch TV are very very few. But um, stateless, I absolutely loved it. So mm. I've got a background in um, researching with refugees, and um, I just found this series absolutely so powerful. And I think this is a really important medium to be able to um, build people's awareness of the complex lives that go into, um, you know, for asylum seekers. I think it's a really fabulous uh, series to watch. You really get drawn into all the character development. Again, that's really important to this kind of stuff. Mm. And I think, yeah, it's... it's um, yeah. yeah, I had the pleasure Stories of watching like it. Yeah, it's a great yep. great story, great cast as well. Uh, Absolutely. But Jessica and Mark, thank you both so much for joining us for The Pick. Thank you. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Thank you very much. And that was Dr Jessica Collins, Research Fellow in the Pacific Islands Program at the Lowy Institute, and Mark Mulligan, World Editor at the Australian Financial Review.